Hello everyone, you're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Boffinley-Dakin, the show where we chat to golfers from the LET Access series, present and past, about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. So, it's finally here. This is the week of the Fundsberg Ladies Open, with the tournament starting on Friday the 12th of May. I think it is going to be a challenging, fantastic week of golf. I'm so excited. So before all the golf starts, I thought this podcast could act as a little preview to the tournament this week. Joining us on the podcast first is Melanie Matzler, organiser of the tournament, to chat more about the event, its interesting format, and later, last year's winner, Lauren Homey, joins us to chat about the win last year, life after lettuce, and her golfing journey. Both also give us their best tips and insider knowledge of the course, so listen in. Welcome, Melanie, to the Let Us Golf podcast. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. Hi, lovely to be here. So I just want to have a little chat about this year's tournament because it's special in a few ways. Yes. So 10 years, is that right? 10 years, yes. A long time. (laughs) Have you been involved in the tournament from the start? Yes, actually I have. Well, the first few years I also played the tournament and someone else... Uh, organized it and now since 2020 I'm not playing anymore in the tournament I'm organizing it but I've been involved since the start yes and what can we expect from this year's tournament well this year we have this uh, very new match play stroke play match play formula the Metzler mix it's a new uh, formula that my dad and me been uh, we invented, and um, yes, now we got the okay from the EGA and the USGA to also get points for the amateurs. So yeah, we're looking forward to playing this new formula. And why did you want to do this formula in particular? Well, we felt you know we always. Uh, wanted to take the tournament one step further and you know not stand still um, you know make progress and then we always liked match play better than stroke play and so four year, five years ago we thought about you know can't we just combine it somehow and then four years ago we, we invented this formula and we keep on kept on developing it and which I think it's very interesting to play match play over nine holes and it makes it more compelling for the players and the spectators and everyone. And we think it's a great benefit for golf and for the future. And yeah, we're very exciting to see how it actually turns out. I know a lot of the players are excited about the format. Oh, that's nice. That's good to hear. Um, let's talk about the course itself. You obviously know Gams, Wedenberg well. What can you kind of advise the players about the golf course itself? 
Well, it's mid-May. Uh, the rough is really, really high. So um, just keep the ball on the fairway and you're doing pretty good because, uh, yeah, you just lose strokes if you're out in the rough and you lose a ball or you have to chip out. So game plan is just to keep the ball on the fairway and then if you make a couple of birdies and can keep the high numbers out of the scorecard, it uh, should be okay. Good advice. It's very similar to the advice Lauren gave. Yeah. <laughs> so you're obviously now full-time working on tournament events, having been a, a golfer. Do you, do you miss it at all, the golfing lifestyle? Um. Yes. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. <laughs> I don't, like, I miss the traveling and spending time uh, with my golfing friends and seeing all the new places and, you know, feeling the rush on the first tee and feeling the happiness after you've done well. But I certainly don't miss the grind on the driving range and putting green <laughs> in the bad weather. And, um, yeah, the, the way I felt when I played bad, I don't miss that. <laughs> and how is it working with your dad? And because this is kind of a family affair, isn't it? If I've got that right, um, this tournament yeah. in particular. Yes, it's basically my dad and me. It's the two of us. And uh, well, the whole family is then helping. My mom will be on site. My sister will be commentating on TV. Um, but yeah, I have my office in my dad's office. So we're like door to door. And um, yeah, it's really good. I think we are, we're a good team. He has uh, more experience and, you know, if I have to write a tough letter, I can always ask him how I should write it and, or if I have a tough call to make and um, yeah. And then I, I think I give him, you know, a little bit of the new, new inputs, a little bit of the younger, I show him a little bit the younger lifestyle and, I think we're a good match. With Flumsberg, with it being 10 years, um, is there anything else you're doing apart from this new format? Um, we're having a, the day before the official Pro-Am, we're having a, like a special sponsor Pro-Am for our yeah, big sponsors that have been uh, supporting us for a long, long time. Because a lot of the sponsors and get, also Pro-Am guests, they're supporting us since the beginning. So I think that's also very special. And just to give them a big thank you, we have this sponsor program. It's just four teams. It's very private. It's uh, at another course in, in my home course, Badrogatz. And I think that gives it a little bit of an extra, I don't know how you say, an extra touch or an extra something just for the sponsors who've been supporting us. And lastly, like moving on to next week, uh, everyone's excited, I'm excited. Have you got any kind of predictions of how it might go? I know golf's hard to predict. Oh, it's hard to predict, especially we've had a lot, a lot of rain the past few weeks. So I think the course is going to be really wet. And when it's wet, it, yeah, it can't play quite long. Um, it can get really windy. <laughs> So when the 
course is playing long, plus it gets windy, plus the rough. Um, I think we're going to see some interesting golf next week. And uh, I certainly can't wait. Oh, I actually forgot we have the <laughs> live stream on Sunday for the match play. That's something new we have, yeah. And um, I think we're going to see some great, great matches on that live stream with uh, the, the course being so tough. But um, I've seen the the entry list. There's some good names up there. So, yeah, even myself, I'm really excited to see the the golf that they're going to show. Definitely, definitely. Well, a big thanks to Melanie for joining us on the podcast to give us a little insight into what's going to happen this week. Now, next, I caught up with Lauren Homie, last year's winner of the Flumsburg Ladies Open. Had a fantastic year on Lettas last year, winning her early T tour card um, after coming in the top six. She was still an amateur when she won last year's tournament. It was her third event on Letas. She's had a good start at the LET, notably leading the first day on the Joe Berg Ladies Open this year. And I can't wait to catch up and find out more. Welcome, Lauren, to the Let Us Golf podcast. How are you? Hi, Olivia. I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So obviously, we've got Flumsberg Ladies Open next week again on the Let Us schedule. And as last year's winner, I thought it would be great to get you on the pod to talk about that tournament, but also your last year in Let Us and life currently on the LET. You were obviously an amateur when you won the Flumderberg Ladies Open and it was your third event, I believe, on the LT Access Series. How was that event for you? Yes, I actually remember it quite well. And I guess the first word that comes to mind was it was really fun. It was, it was such a change of atmosphere. I played a few amateur events before going to Switzerland on the, on the Letters. And I felt like going on the letters with my parents. I had dad on the on the bag and mom uh, coming along. So we we made a pretty good team, and it was just a very professional atmosphere. And as an amateur playing on the amateur tour for a few years now, I could really feel the difference somehow. And I just really enjoyed being out there with the pros and at the time it was um, pretty big for me so I was very thankful for the opportunity to be able to play a tournament on Letas and I didn't think I would be able to play that many last year 
because I didn't really have a category or anything. I was still an amateur. So just going out there, I wanted to have a lot of fun. We made a great team with that and ended up winning. So it was it was a great week. So yeah. And talk me through the course, because I've never actually been there yet. Um, but I've heard it's it's very beautiful, surrounded by the mountains. Yeah. Talk me through the golf course. Yeah, I really, really like the golf course. And as you said, it's I felt like it's such a Swiss landscape. <laughs> so mountains everywhere, really green, very lush. Um, we had great weather all week, so that was that was very nice. The course itself was quite I would say challenging when it, especially when it comes to the rough. I don't know how they will prepare it this year, but last year we had really high rough and I could see mom running after balls when we would get out of the fairway and she would run to get there as fast as possible to make sure she could actually find, find the ball. So that was how high the rough was. Uh, a couple short par fours that you can really get into with like a short chip as a second shot. So a few very nice birdie holes. But other than that, yeah, I would say hitting straight balls is like the most important on that course. And yeah, it's, but it's very beautiful, like very beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how the format was in your year, but obviously this year it's um, 36 holes of stroke play and then uh, nine uh, times six holes of match play. Um, was it the same for you or was it just stroke play? No, we only had three days of stroke play and the cut after two. So it was an only stroke play tournament, but I have heard about the match play format for this year. And I think that's really fun. And I think it's a really nice course to be playing match play on. So I think the girls are going to have a lot of fun on, on that course. <laughs> are you a fan of the match play format? Yes, yes, I really enjoy it. It's something that we do not have a lot of as golfers. It's usually a one or two time thing on during the year. So uh, last year we had a match play event in Sweden. So I'm thinking maybe the Flumserberg um, took the place of the Sweden event as a match play tournament. I guess that's what happened. And yeah, I finished second last year in Sweden. So it's just something I really enjoy being able to like play one-on-one -on -one. and it's something really fun. And the nine holes format is actually a little surprising at first because everything happens very quickly, but it's it's a lot of fun. So. And obviously the tournament's kind of run by Melanie Mater and her like family and it's kind of a family atmosphere. Um, apart from the other players, like what contributed to the nice atmosphere at the tournament? Well, I think definitely Anna and Clara, they contribute a lot to the well-being of the players and to everyone feeling at home, even on the road. So definitely so happy to see them every time and so nice to seeing such nice and kind faces week out week in and week out um, so I would say Anna and Clara play the biggest role in making letters uh, feel so comfortable for the players even coming from all over the world play, players from Australia from the other side of the world it's uh, definitely Anna and Clara and then I would say just the players themselves for sure 
they they play a big big role as well so yes is there anyone you particularly miss who like since you've been on the let is there like, any golfers that you just miss seeing out at the tournaments i definitely miss katarina <laughs> yeah um i played quite a few times last year with her and we would i think we got along pretty well and to me she was such a kind kind person such a good person and very sweet very respectful she was just she was amazing and i'm wishing her all the best this year and i'm sure she can definitely make it so i i'm really crossing my fingers for her and i i do miss her <laughs> yeah that's lovely i love to see the friendships on tour and um, so obviously you're an amateur and then for your last few tournaments on lettuce you became a professional. Did sort of the win at Flumsberg um, give you kind of the confidence that you could turn professional um, in 2022? Um, I would say it was probably not the win that gave me that confidence because, you know, as a golfer, you can always have just a really good week and <laughs> that's all. <laughs> but <laughs> then after playing many more tournaments on letters and confirming the results I guess I got in Switzerland I slowly try uh, started building on that confidence and toward the end of the year when I was still in the top six I really thought okay okay I guess I I can turn pro I guess that's it's a pretty good time and it just felt right at the time and it's just I think it was the good good choice to at least play the last two tournaments on Letas as a professional. But the confidence was building up weeks after weeks on Letas. So. So let's now move on to this year. Obviously, I met you out in Morocco at your the first LET tour of the year. And then we obviously had the Joe Berg Ladies Open where you had an incredible first round. Um, <laughs> yes. Really incredible. And, and we were out in Spain at the time at Letas. And we were like, yes, Lauren, doing so well. Um, <laughs> did you feel a lot of pressure when you were leading that um, big tournament? I, I guess I would be lying if I said I didn't feel any pressure because I couldn't keep up the next three days. So I think there was some pressure, but I think it was, to me, it was more the surprise because I never got so low, even as an amateur or as professional, it was like my lowest score ever in just my second LET tournament. So to me, it was a big surprise. And I was playing late in the afternoon. We finished late. We went to dinner the next day. I was waking up at 4.30 and I think I kind of rushed the second day. I think I didn't take the time to sit down, talk with my parents, how it went, how we are going to try to get to the first tee tomorrow and do our best again. I think we, we just, we almost didn't talk about it. We were like, okay, great. What are we eating for dinner? It was a little bit, I think I would have liked just sitting down and making sure I was in the right space mentally. And so it was it was such a surprise. I don't think anybody knew how to 
how to keep up with it and how to handle it. So it was a great learning experience and I'm really happy that it happened so soon. And I just want to take that learning and bring it to the next tournament. So next time I'll be more ready if I ever lead, well, if I lead another tournament one day. Um, is it your next tournament Jabra? Yes, that's right. Are you excited to Jabra? Yes, definitely. I mean, Avion is such a such an iconic course. And I've actually played Avion twice for the Avion Junior Cup or something. Uh, it's a course that I really like. And it's I'm really looking forward to it. And I've heard from the Greenkeepers at my home club, the Golf National, that they know the Greenkeepers from about everywhere in France. And apparently the course is supposed to be really, really nice, like fast greens, high rough. So it's it's going to be challenging, but I'm definitely looking forward to it after this six or seven weeks break. Yeah, it was it was quite long, but it was good. And how has the break been for you? Like, has it just been practice after practice? Or have you managed to get some time off at all? Or yes, yes. I at first I was like, wow, six weeks. That's so far off. But I actually made a good plan, I think. I went to get my clubs fitted. So I changed a couple of woods at my driver, which I'm really happy about. I got some nice rest. I got to spend some lovely time with family, which I really enjoyed because we're going to be on the road for quite a few weeks. And lots of practice, good workouts, and just yeah, getting in the right mindset and physically strong to to face the the next few weeks on let so yeah it was very good you mentioned your family a few times so far in the podcast and i know your dad often is on the back for you and yes. um i i met them briefly both out in morocco and um, how important are they to have a port system when you're traveling i would say they are the most important <laughs> because um i'm I'm, I'm so new to the life as a professional, but I can really imagine being on tour, being very lonely and um, just having that support, that unconditional support and love, no matter what you do. And just having a good structure with you, people that are taking time off and uh, well accompanying you tournaments going around the world with you and I I think we managed to find a very good rhythm together on Let Us last year it was our first time playing so much and so many tournaments around Europe and mom is a physio so <laughs> I have my personal physios she's a really good cook as well so she's very important <laughs> as well and that is on the bag and we're just which is a, a nice team. And I, for now, I, I would say I wouldn't change it for anything. So it, it works for me for the, at the moment. So I'm really thankful for them, definitely. Yeah, and obviously you're 20, so you're younger than me. It makes me feel old, even though I'm not old. Um, oh, no. When you're as a 20, like you're, you live quite a different life to a lot of 20-year-olds. Um, does that ever dawn on you, how different your life is in that sense? Well, yeah, uh, I would say it really hits me when I go out with friends because most of my friends here back home are not playing golf at all. 
they are studying or starting jobs or things like that and it I think it really hits me how different our lifestyles is or are and I would say I would say I I don't miss it <laughs> I, I'm never ever like oh maybe I wish I was doing something else or maybe I wish I had a more normal life that's not something that ever crossed my mind so I'm really enjoying life as a golfer and so far I wouldn't change it for anything but definitely different from most of my friends yeah and life as a golfer life as a professional golfer at what sort of age did you kind of turn around to your parents be like I want to be a professional golfer oh uh I would think that I started thinking about golf as my job a little later than most people I think I was around 17 and I, it was actually during a, a British amateur, a British girls, actually, I think, the British under 18. I missed a cut. I didn't make it to the match players. And I just called my dad and I was like, dad, I, I think that's really what I want to do. And at first he was a bit like, but you just missed the cut. That's, <laughs> I didn't expect that. But no, it, I think I, I really got around to liking golf as a full-time thing when I was around 16, 17, because mom and dad always wanted me to have hobbies and things on the side. And they always kept it very open. They always told me, Lauren, if you want to stop golfing tomorrow, then no problem, you stop golfing. So I was very, very free in that regard. And it it came to me naturally when I was around 16, 17. And yeah, so that's how it happened. And how did your golf journey start then? Was it because your parents played golf? Yes, it was because dad played. And at the time I was maybe two or three and my parents never really wanted me with a nanny or with a babysitter or anything. So um, he just brought me along sometimes and I was just looking at flowers, uh, <laughs> searching for four leaves clovers or something. And at one point I told him I'm really bored when we're on the golf course and he got me a little, a little wood. So it, I think it was a tiger wood club. And he was like, wow, that's the club, like the number one player in the world is playing with. And I was like, wow. <laughs> no, it was very cute. I still have it. It's like my my little memory of the time. It's very cute. It's very tiny, <laughs> very, very tiny. But so I started hitting a few balls. And I think the first time he ever got me a basket, I hit balls for like an hour and a half and I was very young. So that was like, oh, wow, <laughs> what happened there? And I think that's the only time I did that until I was 10. So, <laughs> so it was a one-time thing, but I never really stopped golfing after that. And I started lessons when I was five. So I just always golfed. <laughs> yeah. I feel like an hour, hour and a half, that's a lot of concentration. Yeah. He he might have like exaggerated the, <laughs> the time. <laughs> Apparently it was a long time for such a young girl. So yeah. Absolutely. You're destined. Absolutely destined. <laughs> so I want to talk about goal setting for you. Where, where you sort of want to be in the next, like let's say five years. Uh, quite a broad question, but. Do you set goals like that? I want to be here in the next five years, or is it more focused on each mm, shot at a time? I would say it. I'm not projecting myself in terms of years, mm. but I would say 
the only goal this year is keeping my card. And so I would say that's that's the goal. That's the main goal. And keep learning every week, definitely. Keep growing as, uh, as a player and as a person. Uh, but in terms of goals, no, it's very do my doing my best, uh, work as hard as I can, and keep the card at the end of the year. So <laughs> that would be nice. Absolutely. Anybody's seen so much growth since you left Let Us. What sort of have been the biggest changes for you? Uh, ever since leaving Let Us? Yeah. I would say the long flights. <laughs> I would say the flights to South Africa and Singapore were definitely a, like a first. And I don't come from a family of big travelers. We are more of a home sweet home kind of family. So I'm definitely dragging my parents left and right. <laughs> but I would say learning how to handle such a hectic schedule even though it was only three weeks but it was on the other side of the world so it's it definitely definitely changes so I'm definitely looking for the European campaign <laughs> that's I feel like I'm a little more um, comfortable with and I would say living letters I would say have not much have changed I would say Anna and Clara do such a good job that the player coming from Letters arrive quite ready when they get to the LT. It doesn't feel like a big jump. It is, it is of course, a big jump. But as a player, it's still golf. I think uh, the courses are very nice. The setup is very nice. But we can really see the effort and then Clara put in every week on Letters. So it hasn't been that much of a, of a big, big difference. So, yeah. Now I want to play a little game with you, but I say game. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's not, don't worry. Um, I was just going to little play a game of my favourites just to get to know you better as a player. Just some random, what is your favourite question? Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. And if you answer okay. as quickly as possible, that'd be great. We'll okay, start I'll with try. an easy one because food questions are always easy. What's your favourite snack on the course? Uh, I would say dried apples. That's healthy. <laughs> Do you have a less healthy snack? Um, less healthy snack? Oh, I would say chocolate bar. Maybe not a Mars or Twix, but definitely anything chocolate is like, hits the sweet spot. So. And who is your favourite swing on the L.E.T. or Let Us? Uh, favourite swing? I would have to go with... Anne van Damme, <laughs> feel Dutch woman, and such a pure and very nice swing. So I'd say Anne van Damme, yeah. What's your favorite thing to do other than golf? I like reading. I really yeah. enjoy reading. Yes, I enjoy reading and I enjoy going out for food. Me too, me too. <laughs> what are you reading at the moment? I'm reading Moby Dick by Herman Melville. 
classic. It's taking me a while to get through, but I'm getting there. Yeah. It's wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. I I I read some terrible, not so classic books. <laughs> I admire. Oh, I've read I've read my fill of uh, fantasy and <laughs> nonfiction. Yeah, and fiction books. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of music? I I like music from the nineties. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I enjoy. I guess a little older songs than the ones that are popular right now. Yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite um, similar. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your favorite thing of all time? Favorite thing of all time? Yeah. I I would say spending spend spending, sorry, time with my family. I think family is a blessing and we should we should enjoy every moment that we get to spend with family members so yeah <laughs> family time that's so true and um I always end the podcast with getting kind of the golfers best advice that's either been given to them or their advice um to players that maybe want to play on lettuce or want to turn professional or maybe just amateurs but what is your best advice yeah. Oh, uh, well, it hasn't been long since I've been a professional, so I guess I can't really give any advice from a professional point of view. But I would say to any if anyone getting into golf, just make sure it stays a game. Make sure you keep having fun and that it doesn't become a chore that, oh, I have to practice. I have to do this. I would say it's better to take a few days off and get refreshed and make sure you're always having fun out there. Um, and yeah, I would just say, take it easy in in terms of um, mentally, mentally, yeah, keep it easy, um, train hard. <laughs> and yeah, if you want to achieve a certain level, you'll still have to put in some work, but always make sure to be kind to yourself and just have fun yeah fun is very important especially in, perf uh, in like in terms of performing I would say people sometimes forget about fun it's important yeah definitely 100% so that brings me to the end of the podcast could chat to you oh. for longer but we don't have oh. the time um Lastly, obviously, Thumbsabird last week, you mentioned straight drives as a tip. Have you got yes. any more tips to the golfers play teeing it up next week? I would say definitely hit the middle of the greens. Don't get upset if your second shot or your approach is a little far from the hole. That's no problem. Try to get as many bars as possible. If a birdie drops, then that's a little cherry on top. But I would say don't chase birdies, chase bars. So I think that would give you a pretty nice week to uh, next week on, on, on the course. So yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, see you, Lauren. Well, thank you so much, Olivia. It was a pleasure. Thank you all for once again tuning in to Let Us Golf podcast, and a big thank you for this week's guest, Melanie Matzler and Lauren Holmey, for sharing with us your insights. I now cannot wait for all the action to start up again on Friday in Switzerland. But now, follow all the action on the LT Access series on at LT Access series on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter and LT Access series on Facebook. 
To find out more information about the tournament, visit our website, letaccess.com. Well, I really enjoyed that chat. If you did too, well then show your appreciation by rating, reviewing or subscribing to this podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you find your podcast to give the series a boost and help others find it. See you next time.